Hello and welcome to Outside the Zeitgeist, an opinion podcast presented by Mook Media. Please be aware that the opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the host platform. Outside the Zeitgeist is funded by people like you, for some reason. And now, here are your hosts, Greg and Trump. Welcome to Outside the Zeitgeist, Episode 2. Once again, I am Charles, and I don't like you. And once again, I am Greg, and I just don't trust you. And, you know, Greg, one thing that when we decided to do this podcast, one thing I really wanted to do was just practice some belligerent misanthropy. And I realized in the first episode I didn't drink enough, so (laughs) I made sure this episode to drink more and pre-game, so I think I'm, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty prepared. What do you think? I'm not, I'm not certain I can tell yet, but <laughs> I'm sure it will reveal itself as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, wait. There we go. Okay. And the first order of business is that apparently we got mail. Yes. Already. You got the mail, Greg? I do got the mail. Where's the mail? Bring the mail. All right, so what do we got? We yeah, got. Receipt, I see that. The best thing I think we got was this advertisement for business supplies. Okay. Best thing. Uh, let's look at it. Hold on. Sure. Now, see, as a general rule, I love getting advertisements because I love the fact that companies are wasting money trying to be trying to get me to buy shit. Because if I need something, I'll fucking go out and find it. But. Otherwise, Fair enough. if people want to, you know, try to advertise shit to me, I'm like, hey, I'm all about you wasting money. Now, I do have to say, now this is where business supplies, checks, stamps, all that kind of stuff. You can see if you're watching the video, if you're listening to only audio, fuck you, you pleb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, we are definitely not supporting this company. Um, no, but... <laughs> I do have to say is that at least this is this is a regular advertisement, right? As far as advertisements go, it's like, hey, here's some shit that you might need. I see you started a business. And, you know, sure, that's all fine and good. What, what I like most about this advertisement is that these are my favorite new kinds of junk mail that you can get. Mm-hmm. Is that they send you what looks like a check, but it really isn't a check. And they try to get stupid people into believing that the check is actually something they want to open. The moment I see that it's a check, and I see that it is not from a government agency of any sort, mm-hmm. or from someone I know, I immediately know, oh, this is garbage. Yep. I should just toss it away. Like that. Goodbye. <laughs> and what's the next thing we got? Next thing we got was a very deceptive advertisement from something called Certificate of Good Standing Request Form, New Jersey Certificate Service. <laughs> Excellent, excellent, excellent. Because it says on the here, please respond by uh, 2-25-2021. Although, you know, I'm a little little slow on this because I didn't get the mail for a week or two. We didn't get the memo. No, apparently not. (laughs) But the best part about this is after they give you all this please respond by and everything, and suddenly I'm thinking, oh shit, did I miss out on something? Did I forget to do something because the government is sending me a message? It's not the government. Because it says congratulations, the moment it says that, that's how you know it's not the government. The government is never going to congratulate on you on doing anything. They're just going to say, and where's my cut? <laughs> Pretty much. But then it, sh- it says, somewhere down here, uh, this is a 
some sort of advertisement of some kind. Solicitation, there it is. This is a notice for solicitation of your business, which is great. Well, I mean, I think the whole idea is that it's a certificate of good standing. I mean, from, from who? Why should I give a fuck about this? Uh, you know, it, it plays itself, I mean, it's obviously some kind of bullshit thing. It plays itself off as, uh, you know, being some kind of official thing, but it's crap. Then we got two banks, two banks trying to get our business, trying to have us start an account with them. Mm, yeah. Maybe useful, I don't know. Yeah, when I first saw that, I was like, wait, did, did Greg open an account and not tell me? No, <laughs> definitely not, definitely not. And then I saw the rest of the mail. And finally, we did get something from what could be the government, although I hesitate on saying that. It is a labor law compliance notice. Wonderful stuff right here. Since we have no employees, this is also unimportant. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, well, to be honest, you do have to have uh, labor law posters wherever you have a work, wherever you do have employees. But uh, how much did they want to charge us for oh, labor law? Oh, like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm like sure you can download something online, blow it up real big, mm -hmm. and just print it off yourself. Yep. In paper, too. You could, you could have nine sheets of paper and make it nice and big, stick it up on a wall somewhere. So inexpensive. Yeah, you can go to some local business that uh, does uh, posters and whatnot and print it out there rather than paying a hundred bucks for Absolutely. the actual thing. Since it's all just labor laws anyways, you know, so that was more crap that we got. So that's it. Mail call is over. And uh, being that we're just starting and we don't have any followers yet, we didn't really get any uh, feedback or anything, especially since I didn't really pay attention anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't expect it as expected at this point. But uh, so, yeah. Um, well, before we get into the actual topic of today, let's talk about the uh, you know news and stuff that happened that we kind of want to talk about. So, what would you like to talk about, Greg? Uh, well, there was of course the whole Biden wind fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about it is that they said it was the wind. They said it was the wind. Blame it on climate change. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, that I thought that was uh, worth a chuckle. I'm not certain it was newsworthy of any case, unless. Um, the fact that last year and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that, every tiny little thing, such as Trump taking his uh, his face and posting it on top of the body of a muscle guy and tweeting about it, had to be reported upon. So every little tiny thing that happens has to be reported on. Because let's not forget, now that we're past Trump, there's no news about anything that you can get entertainment shock value out of anymore i know life is just is just so boring except for all the uh, nightmare fuel coming through legislation like uh what was it was it utah and idaho has decided um well i, I think it's still in the works but they're deciding that they're going to tax people based on how many miles that they've driven oh wonderful i thought i was supposed to get tax credits for that with uh, regards to businesses and oh, stuff oh yeah another law i've heard uh, about coming through the pipeline is uh now people are going to be forced to to contribute to a 401k. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, one thing that's in the works, um, I forget where I heard it from, um, but people may be required by law to contribute to a 401k, which is, hey, you have to give your money to the big banks and so that they can basically siphon it out through the stock market and all that, which is why I never bought into the 401k to begin with. Well, I mean, I have a 401k, and I think it's a, a somewhat responsible thing to do. And at the same time, I also realize there is an inherent risk to it because you're basically giving your money to gamble to another entity. So that way they can make the decisions on your behalf 
and tell you that you've made money or lost money, yeah. as was the that, that's, happenstance in 2008, 2009. That's really what it is. I mean, a 401k is you're putting your money into a big bank so that they can gamble with your money and, and they can make money off of your money and then maybe give you a little bit of the crumbs, you know, because you're a peasant. That's just, sure, which and there's is, some sort of tax loopholes in there. Mm -hmm, which is why a couple of years ago I made sure to do a bank run and take all my money out of all the big banks. Ah, so. I thought you were saying you were going to invest in all the banks, which is another kind of bank run. Oh, yeah. Or the third kind of bank run where it involves firearms and <laughs> Another interesting story I came across uh, this past week was actually the fact that Arizona has had a ruling in which they are having a hand recount of every single ballot in the past election now, wait, for the Trump presidency is, and all that. Is this the same state that where when the state legislature went to the counties and was like, hey, give us all the material, all the, all the information, and the counties were like, nah, nah, fam, we're good. And, and then later on, after Biden was inaugurated, like, oh, hey, here you go, all this stuff. Yes, uh, oh, so okay. I've, I've been tracking a number of uh, just news related to the various lawsuits involving the election of last year. And you'll notice, much like with some other curious uh, things, that after Biden is in office, suddenly all these blockades and all these um, just stoppages are gone. Well, you know, I mean, the other thing about ever since Biden got in office, the COVID cases have been going down. You know what that means. Oh, yes. Yeah, Biden is our new God King, and we must all worship him. All hail Jesus Biden. <laughs> now, do you, do you know what that actually is about? Well, Why it's going down? Yeah, because they changed the testing parameters. Exactly. And I've tried bringing this up to multiple people about the fact that immediately after Biden got into office, Maybe not immediately, but within a few days after Biden was officially in office, uh, CDC suddenly came out with something saying, "Well, you know, we've been we've been putting the PCR cycle count at too high of a count." Mm -hmm. And all of last year, I heard many, many, many doctors and experts in the medical field talk about the fact that if you go past the number of 35. 35 cycles is the maximum amount you would really want to do because after that point, the extrapolation of the DNA is just absolutely... It, it just keeps... It, because it, as my understanding is that every cycle increases it tenfold. Yeah, the chances to come up with a, a positive, which may be a false positive Correct. as well. Um, speaking of which, with the false positives. So there was a guy that got tested, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and they did it off the nose and everything. And then he not talked, up the butt? No, definitely not um, up the butt. We're not in China. And uh, then he uh, got tested again in the same day, and it came up one negative. One came up positive, one came up ne negative. And then he got tested again, and it came up positive. And then he got tested again, and it came up negative. Do you mm -hmm. know who that guy was? Who? Elon Musk. Oh. <laughs> this was all last year. Um, That's right. The yeah. same craziness happened with a, mult a number of individuals. And then, of course, there was the fact that... Uh, and I, and I still don't know why we can't do this. If we're spreading the germs and bacteria from our mouths, mm -hmm. and people need to breathe it in through either their mouth or their nose, because it's attached to the, uh, uh, let's see, it's the spike protein attaches to the, um, uh, uh, the droplets, that's it. Yeah. If, it's, if the droplets are coming from our mouth, right. and maybe our nose, then... And your ass. Yes, yes, definitely the ass. Why is it we have to stick something up the nose to get that accurate count? Why wouldn't they be able to take a swab from the mouth and be able to use that as a test? Because obviously we're so concerned about the mouth, which is why we're wearing these fucking masks. Right. 
so with there, there is there is a, a somewhat logical thing for that. I mean, because viruses, uh, viruses and bacteria naturally have a tendency to um, kind of gather in certain areas. Sure. And, and it's not and, and saying gather is not really accurate. Okay, because so the way the virus works is a virus will just float along and it'll find a cell that has a, a protein marker on the cell wall that uh, corresponds to a protein marker on the virus wall. And then they grab onto each other and then the virus just kind of opens up the cell wall and spews its RNA or DNA or whatever to the cell. So the protein markers of different cells are different in different parts of the body. So, I mean, on one hand, that that can be a valid case of why, you know, you would why didn't want to go in, in so deep in the nose and the anus for actually checking for the disease. But on the other hand, you know, well, let me tell you a little bit, bit about myself, Greg. I used to be involved in the BDSM life, and I was a, I was a top. And one thing, one thing you do as a top is you is you test the limits of your, your bottoms, right? Okay. You see how you see how far they'll go, how much they're willing to take, and that's really what this shows to me, you know, especially with the anal swabs, is let's see how much the willing the people are willing to take. It's the same thing with the airlines and uh, uh, what what's that term that they use for like how many people they can jam in before they get really pissed off? Oh absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, it's I know, the same I know what thing. you're talking about. Uh, speaking of airlines, you saw John Kerry, right? No. Uh, he was on an airline for five minutes without his mask off, mm -hmm. and he didn't get kicked with off. With his mask off? With his mask okay. off. Reading a book, he didn't get kicked off the plane. They didn't turn the plane back around to take him back to the airport, mm -hmm. much like they did with uh, other people, or the child that just wouldn't put on the mask. Right, because the rules are for you, because you're the poor, so you don't have money. The rules are for you. Always. Never forget that the rules are for you, and that rules are meant to be broken. And that people are meant to be fucked over. Mm-hmm. So. Fuck all the pores because that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should get on to uh, the topic of today. Right. I mean, and, and really what we've been talking about is, is a good segue to that. So bio, bioethics, right? Because we talk about uh, vaccines and what, whatnot. Um, but, and, and this is the, the kind of the idea that I... I brought up when we had our group chat a while ago, you know, with the, with the friend group that we have. Sure. Um, the whole idea of a vaccine is, is how helpful is a vaccine? Because in life you have this one concept that always reoccurs. It's the idea of suffering now for the reward, the greater rewards later, or taking the rewards now for the greater suffering later. So, and the thing about life is you never know which one is going to be which. So when we talk about taking vaccines for anything, even even things that, you know, the vaccines we know already work, like polio and, and measles, mumpabella, you know, all that kind of stuff. Although we can talk about the uh, the uh, preservatives that are used in those, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I don't know who thinks it's a good idea to put a preservative in with a mercury atom at the end of a hydrocarbon chain. You know, that, that's just me. But anyways, um, you know, and, and that is the question. So are we, are we taking an advantage now and going to suffer later for it, or are we uh, doing the suffering now by taking a vaccine that we're going to pay off later for it? Well, I would say my assessment of the situation is that we're taking a, we're taking a very um, ineffective option now, and we're also going to have a very 
big detriment to us later. Right, and because, you know, some of these, quote, vaccines are really just over-glorified CRISPR. That's really what they are. My, my, my overall opinion, and from what I've read, what I've heard, and what I've watched uh, from a great number of people on YouTube, just news articles, mm -hmm. and also actual reports of the assessment of the virus in general, is that the virus is, yes, more deadly than, say, the common cold, the flu. The rhinovirus. Right. Well, there's a rhinovirus, which is the, the common cold, and then the influenza, which is the flu. So, yes, it's more deadly than the flu. Mm -hmm. uh, but... How if, much more deadly? If you have... If you are under the age of 75, you're 99% or more, rather, I should say 99 point some number, I think it's like 99.6 or 4 or something like yeah. that, likely to survive mm -hmm. the virus. Okay, and that tells me, that indicates to me that if I am not that old, which I am nowhere near that age, I don't need to do anything beyond stay in shape, make certain I uh, eat well, um, get a lot of sunlight in my, in my, uh, on my, in me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the sunlight in you, you know? <laughs> I'll stick a flashbulb up your ass How's Please, that please, no, 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 no <laughs> uh, Just get out and get outside Walk around mm -hmm. Do some light exercise or heavy exercise Whatever you feel like doing mm -hmm. But maintain, mainly eating healthy And doing exercise and going outside You will stay healthy You will beat the virus, no problem and that's, I mean, that's basically the same stuff most people are going to have to do for the flu. Now, I said under 75. Over 75, you're still 97%, more than 97% likely to still survive the virus. And these are numbers from the CDC. Mm -hmm. they've, they've published this stuff in reports. It's out there. This information exists. So if I'm over that age even, I'm still 97. And if I remember my test grades, that means I'm still getting an A. So, that's a good score, in my opinion. I think 97 is, is the A-plus. Oh, absolutely. It's still A-plus. It's still A-plus. <laughs> if you got a 96, that's... That's, mm, that, that's just A. You that's, know. that's when the parents, uh, they're like, did you not study enough? Because you, you know I work with, I, I work with children primarily. Sure. I actually had a student once where that told me that anything below an A was failing. I was like, you know, and, wow. she, and she got that from her parents. I was like, wow, shit. Yeah. wow. My, my parents were acceptable if I had a B or an A and disappointed slightly if I got a C. And they probably would have uh, done something, I, taken stuff away from me if I got a D or an F, which I never got an F. I'm pretty sure my family just wrote me off as a failure, but, you know. Uh, in fact, it wasn't until, I would say, high school where I started to know, not see the importance in some things, uh, education-wise, mm -hmm. where I would say my grades started to slip. Hey. All right, so let's get back to the topic. Yeah. So, right, so what the fuck were we saying? We were on, we were on the virus and the survivability. All and right. so the, the vaccine itself uh, says the best one is still only 95% effective. 95% mm -hmm. effective at doing what? Because I'm not, I'm still not sure about what it's 95 right. percent effective. And this is information that's actually been put out by the companies themselves that it doesn't stop the spread. It only, yeah. it only creates antibodies within the the person that. Well, it, do, it doesn't create vaccine. antibodies. Well, in some cases, they, they will create antibodies, right? Because so, like when you when you have when you have a virus, so there's many stages of immunodefense where you have the general antibodies, you know, the lymphocytes, 
and then your body will create a more uh, specified, um, was it T-cells? God, I'm forgetting my biology now. T-cells combat the, uh, the viruses. Right, the, 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 there are specialized T-cells that form, and much like the virus has special markers on it, the T-cells will look for those specific markers and, and swallow up the right, virus. So okay, so maybe, maybe you can clear stuff up for me. My understanding of the, uh, the, the vaccine is, at least with the mRNA vaccines, is that your body is basically being injected with information on what to attack. And so your body suddenly says, we need to start attacking the spike protein. And the spike protein is what the virus itself is usually attached to because um, that's apparently how it transmits between people. Um, well, yeah, the, the spike, the, the spike um, I, I haven't looked into it recently, uh, uh, really closely, but I'm assuming that the spike protein is really a term for the uh, protein chain that is on the cellular wall of the uh, virus itself because how all cells interact is they have a protein they have different protein chains that are on the different uh, on the different walls of the cells and, it, and it, in a way it identifies what the cell is and what the cell does in the body. Well, my, my issue here is when I hear it described like that from multiple sources is, mm -hmm. as we're basically setting a program into your body to attack the to basically eliminate the spike protein. Right. Okay, and they're telling me that the virus itself is attached to the spike protein. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not telling me that the virus, the vaccine actually gets rid of the virus. Right. They're telling me the doesn't. vaccine gets rid of a particular protein, which may or may not have the virus on it. Because the virus could get into you through other methods outside of the spike protein. It's just that the spike protein is typically how it gets. So, so the way, the way that works is, so protein, so MRA, uh, RNA and DNA, they create the proteins and some mm -hmm. of the proteins, they go onto the, the, the cellular walls. And again, that's, that's the identifier, but that's also how cells interact with one another. Um, so by creating uh, T cells to look for that certain protein, they can identify the virus itself and then basically engulf the virus and, and, uh, disassociated, you know, tear it apart. So the, the, but the thing is, is that, you know, again, these, these quote unquote vaccines haven't, they expressly said that they don't stop the spread of the virus. Um, and we can, we can talk about that in a general sense as well. But if, if they're admittedly not stopping the spread of the virus, you know, you have to ask the question, well, why the fuck are people having, uh, you know, these vaccine passports? So I know somebody that got, got one of the jabs. Sure. And the reason why this, did, this person did it, rather than actually studying and looking for information and so forth, was because, oh, I want to I be able to travel. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Now, this get, brings me to another one of my, um, I would say, my, one of those uh, thoughts that just goes off in my head as a red alarm. Uh, I'm being told always from people, or at least people that don't have free-thinking ideas, mm -hmm. I would say, you cannot question these narratives. You must get the vaccine. You must comply. And the moment I start hearing just people in general tell me that I can't question things, that I have to do this no matter what, that is when a red alarm goes off in my mind and tells me there is something more going on in here or there is something I should be questioning that I am not questioning as to why I need to do this. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a church. It does. Um... Yeah, that's why I'm a big, um, I'm a big, I have faith in a lot of things, but I am not a religious person. Yeah, that's something we can talk about in a future topic. Absolutely. Faith and religion. But that, that whole thing is, you know, people want me to, to do something mm -hmm. and I just don't see the need to do it because I'm young and I'm healthy. 
and I'm likely going to survive. I probably already got it. I didn't even know. I work in retail. I'm exposed to a lot of people all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm oh, sure... Oh, great, you're going to get me sick, you bastard. Pshaw. Not happening. <laughs> Not happening. I'll fight it off before I get to you. Oh, okay, big muscular guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one thing, too, is, is like, you know, is the conventional wisdom... And, and not you know, not really like conventional wisdom, but really, really, this is stuff that's been known because you know it gets suppressed by big pharma and whatnot because you need to buy drugs for this that, and the other thing. But it's always been you know you you eat right, you stay healthy, you exercise, you get some sunlight, and that's always been an immune boost booster for a lot of people. And then you have stuff like vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, um, and so forth that have always just naturally boosted immune systems, and you see people just being like, oh, no, that's... It's funny you mention that, because when I I heard reporting coming out of India or even Africa, they're Mm -hmm. telling me that, well, they're taking uh, stuff like ivermectin, or they're taking vitamin D, or they're introducing vitamin C into the diet in some way, Mm -hmm. and all this, and they're taking zinc tablets, which was one of those things that they were talking about last year, in combination with another Mm -hmm. drug, of course, uh, and their numbers are not nearly as high as other places around the world. Well, that tells me that there are ways of combating the virus. It could be that they happen to live in that area, and so their genetic makeup is slightly different from ours. Mm-hmm. Although, I would reason that we're not too terribly different, <clears throat> that it wouldn't be effective in some way. And the reporting that I've read tells me that certain treatments, if applied early enough in the virus, are very effective at stopping it from getting serious and getting you past where uh, it would need to be. So I'm waiting for the days of the advertisement where they have like, uh, you know, some shot from some big pharma company along with a, a zinc tablet, a vitamin Z tablet, and a, a, vitamin, oh, and, and a vitamin D tablet. And it says, part of your immune defense system. And just like the cereals where they have the cereal with like, uh, a or you know what, what, what do they always show with cereals toast and whatever the fuck else mm-hmm. <laughs> where the cereal the, the, the glass of milk where, where the yeah the milk where the cereal is actually not the part of your balanced breakfast it's everything else that's there and that will be the that will be the, the well, shots from all these let's not farms. forget there's eventually going to be vending machines where you can buy these booster shots or vaccines <laughs> yeah right and uh, not only that it'll also say when you buy me you get this with it because we already got it for everything everything else. When I buy Axe body spray or anything like that, or when I used to, hey. it came with the bonus shower gel or the shampoo trial. Hey, it's it's <laughs> 2025. I got my 17th the COVID shot of the year. I, mean, I think that's the really the long plan for the pharma companies is to make this a thing because it's unlikely that COVID is going to really disappear. It's just going to be another virus down the line, anyways. Or is the or is the plan this? By the way, Boris, would you read this aloud for me? I couldn't quite translate it. Of course. Sterility. <laughs> that might be. I mean, you, you saw that comic back in the day where they uh, b- uh, put a virus out into the vaccination, mm-hmm. uh, rather into the, into the world, mm-hmm. and then they provided a vaccination with the express purpose of sterilizing the population mm, well yeah i mean that, that was from a stargate episode where they they do some research and they find that people are suffering from a virus and the vaccine that was offered by the oh so benevolent race uh was actually something that caused sterility in all the people of course so. of course 
Let's get rid of the uh, virus by killing off the people who have the virus. Yeah, it's like that South Park episode with uh, Russell Crowe, and he's going to fight cancer. Well, I couldn't fight cancer, so I found a guy with cancer. Take that, cancer! I, I think I like the uh, episode with AIDS and... Uh, uh, what oh, yeah, money? Yeah, no, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just take the money, I put it into a blender, and then I drink it. That's all ridiculous. I mean... I mean, because we know, I mean, as far as, like, the, the virus and everything else is concerned, well, not even the virus, but even, like, you see what's going on in the world, I mean, you know, that's always the plan. I mean, people people delude themselves into thinking that there's not this, realistically, a war that's been going on in, in a, you know, hundreds of years where people that are rich mm -hmm. just want to get rid of the rest of us, and for some reason it's like, oh, no, that's not a, not a thing. Well, I wouldn't say they want to get rid of us. I would say more so they want to control us and well, make certain we can only make decisions that benefit them. Enslave all you can, kill off all the rest. Well, actually, enslave all you can and get your slaves to kill off all the rest. That's really what it there is. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense to me. Speaking of which, did you know that there was actually a, uh, a whole bunch of protests all over the world about... Uh, against the Wasn't it Sunday? I thought it was Saturday. It might have been Saturday. It might, it might have been Saturday. But it's probably Saturday. It, it was a protest all over the world against the lockdowns and, like, all this, uh, you know, austerity and everything. And, you know, you, I, I, you know, I don't know if you know this, Greg, but I actually managed to get a clip. I'll, hold on. Let me pull it up here. Okay. I managed to get a clip of, uh, what's it called? What the, what the aristocracy thought in regards to... All the people protesting all over the world. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, now, okay. Now, if, if protests and everything worked anymore... They, we would be seeing the effect. I mean, because I'm, I'm not certain protests work anymore. I'm, I've become convinced increasingly that a number of protests are, uh, and there's no proof of any of this, but a number of protests were engineered by people in charge, mm -hmm. um, whether it's an organization or the government. Mm -hmm. So that way, it seems like there is a protest about something. When there's really a protest about nothing, and mm -hmm. just people there to shout and riot. Yeah. And I know it's being done. It is a tactic. I've, I've, talked, I've heard people talk about the fact that this is a real tactic. I know it was done during... Yeah, uh, astroturfing. Yeah. It's, it was like the BLM and Antifa. A absolutely. lot of them were just uh, police or whoever that were paid to uh, basically un undermine the movement. And this is what we were talking about last, you know, why I brought up last time about, you know, the movements being an idea rather than an organization where you have people that are paid to say, oh, we're acting on this movement uh, to try to discredit the movement as, as I mean, general. If, you, if you just look at all of last year, you can very easily type into the internet and find out the fact that the DNC paid to get all of the mm -hmm. uh, people who were arrested out of jail. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the Democrats doing that. So that's crazy. Okay, but we have to ask the question then, because remember when Trump was, uh, when he was running for office, and, and he's like, oh, get those guys out of here, I'll pay for your court fees and all that stuff, right? So how, how much different is that from, you know, Trump? Oh, both sides do it, of course. Right, exactly, and, that, and that's the thing. But once again, we're, we're straying too far from the topic. So another thing that bothers me with regards to the vaccine, 
-hmm. And the fact that we're pushing for this over anything else is the effect that the fact that we've had to st uh, stay inside for 15 days extended all the way to the point where we have Man, to stay this has inside. Been the longest two weeks of my absolutely, life. Absolutely, absolutely. So first it was 15 days. Then it was oh, give us another month. Then it was oh, give us until we have a vaccine, which was never the initial thought process mm -hmm. because we had to be inside to stop the hospitals and all of the medical buildings from getting um, right see what, what was flooded used, what was used there was the psychology psychological effect of the reasoned excuse right see i never believed it to begin with i thought it was a stupid excuse to begin with mm -hmm. but i was willing to give it 15 days and the reason i was willing to give I it 15 wasn't. days was because i couldn't do anything about other than giving it the 15 days <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> and it just bothered me that they continued to go on and on and on with further with it. And uh, my brother that I've talked to, he just, he's, he's too deep into the shit. Right. So, that, I mean, that's the whole thing with the reason excuse. Like, and, and it's a whole thing where, like, say you want to cut in front of somebody in line. If you give them an excuse of why you need to cut in front of them in line. But they'll no longer question it. They won't question it, right? So, I mean, and that'll be another, another topic for another show, but why, why that effect happens. So let's let's talk about um, but back to the like the main the main philosophical question, right? So how how good is is vaccinating people or or uh, doing these methods? What's that? The computer. What? Or are you just not? Never mind. What? Never mind. I've been drinking. You're confusing me. Okay. <laughs> All right, that was a good uh, boomer sketch. <laughs> Go, Garth. <laughs> uh, go back to where you were. Um, so, so how ethical is it really to take these measures to do vaccines and whatnot to uh, prevent ourselves from being affected by them um, when the possibility is down the road that we could be affected by something worse? Because when we talk about biology, right, the human body, the human body. I mean, you have people that are germaphobes. People that are germaphobes don't really know a whole lot about the human body. The sure. human body has a whole bunch of different bacteria in it and on it. And part of what prevents us from being infected by different virus and bacteria is the idea of crowding, right? So if a virus gets on your skin, well, you got a bunch of bacteria on your skin, chances are the bacteria are gonna consume that virus or bacteria, whatever, um, because you have a, a bunch of stuff on you already. Um, but if we do these actions to get rid of a different viral, uh, viri and bacteria, mm -hmm. then we have the potential of making ourselves unable to defend against the stronger bugs that come later on. So that, that becomes the ultimate philosophical question and, and the ultimate bioethical question. Well, I think we've already created the next bug and the next bug is not an actual virus or anything. It's a mental uh, condition. Mm -hmm. We've conditioned people into believing that this virus is much more deadly and uh, detrimental to our health than it actually is. And that has led to catastrophic effects across the world. There are people mm -hmm. starving across the world that weren't starving, or at least maybe not as much as they were before. The supply lines for farms and such has been... That Bill Gates owns. I yes. Mean, uh... <laughs> uh, the supply lines have been reduced and it's now a lot tougher, a hell of a lot tougher to ship anything across the world. Yeah, uh, I mean, the time apparently to get even furniture is skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean the, that's because lumber prices. 
Now, the interesting thing about lumber prices is that the lumber prices have shot way up, but the people that actually chop down the trees and whatnot, they're not seeing any of that money. Oh, of course. That's that's capitalism at its best. <laughs> the, the, um, even more so is the fact that teenage suicide has gone through the roof, and just percentage-wise, it's uh, we have had a huge mental effect as well as a physical effect on people from just these lockdowns with dealing with the virus itself. And I've I've hated the entirety of last year. It's just been it, to me. It's how does this make any sense? None of this is rooted in at least to me from what I've ever seen and learned. None of this is rooted in science. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a loner and nihilist mythanthrope, so last year was like the greatest year of my life. <laughs> well, I'm not going to deny that I got some, some stuff accomplished last year. I mean, but... lots of porn. I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, so when, we, when we talk about that, and we can even expand the, the question of, of the, the bioethical question, right? Because, you know, you look at you and you look at me, right? Mm -hmm. And you're somebody, you, you have a job, you go to work, and you do your part society. Me, I'm a broken man. I'm disabled. There's nothing left for me to contribute to society because I can't even, I can't even control when the fuck I go to sleep and wake up. And I have all these things that are wrong with me. So the question there becomes, well, what point really is it for society to keep a guy like me around who doesn't really contribute anything? I live off of disability as compared to a guy like you, which actually contributes to society. You work to a job and so forth. And, and that becomes another bioethical question. I think that is a uh, moral question. In, mm, yeah, but morals are subjective. Yes, but in my mind, uh, everyone deserves the chance to, to live and whether they want to or don't want to contribute to society, um, they will get exactly what they put back into it, in my opinion. So I have to disagree with you there on that thought because the whole, I've always found it interesting, this whole idea of people inherently deserving things because... I, don't, I didn't say that they inherently deserve, deserve Well, you said everybody deserves a chance to live, so I'll let you exa uh, exa extrapolate on that. Let's put it this way. If you're born into the world, uh -huh. um, you have the chance of either surviving for a long time or dying very early. Now, our technological... Um, what's the word? Uh, advancements? There we go. Okay. Technological advancements have made it possible for people to go from dying very early, more likely, uh -huh. to surviving a much longer period of time before they inevitably kick the bucket now we all must do at some point yes <laughs> nothing is certain except for death and taxes death and taxes there you go so I, I believe everyone deserves a chance to try and see how far how long they can go ah but it's, you use that word again deserves <laughs> and see that that's that's always a question see that that's just by the, existing you get that chance right you get the chance now, now, because a lot of people will say, you know, well, you deserve this, or you don't deserve this. And it's, I'm just like, my, my stance is, motherfucker, who the fuck deserves anything or doesn't deserve anything? We all just are, right? I'll, I'll, I'll hear people say, oh, you deserve this. What did I do? What, I was born? Right? It's the whole idea of a birthday, right? Like, Maybe I'm just using the wrong word, then. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's one thing, too, right? Because I'm always, I'm always nitpicky with language. Sure. Um, 
you know, like this whole idea of like birthday, you deserve gifts and this, that, and the other thing. And that's like, that's a bullshit tradition. Yeah, I mean, that's a bull. I mean, this whole idea of inherently des- realistically deserving something without a predetermined agreement, you know, oh, I'm just here, so I deserve something. I've always, I've always found it as an interesting thing about society, right? This whole idea of like, oh, you're here, have this. Well, I definitely think the the measures that we've taken last year show that we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. And that's not just the United States. That is the entire world has no idea what they're doing. The only thing they do know is that they want power and mm-hmm. they're going to get it in any way possible. Mm-hmm. And that is, I feel, the, the overall effect of what implementing a vaccine was. Because, as we've discussed, there are plenty of methods that people have found across the world to combat this virus without having to farm it out to somebody else mm-hmm. to create this crazy vaccine that we were competing. I heard them competing. Uh, this guy's 95. This is 95.5. Nope, we're 95.6. We just got it in. We're better than you. It's, it's like, this is a day beforehand. You said you were 95. What, what, were you waiting to release <laughs> some information that you didn't know about? So they, they wanted to they wanted to get the stocks up just a little bit more. Absolutely. <laughs> so the, the the entire thing has to me has been to the detriment of mankind. Even if the average person has been fooled into believing that it was for the advancement and survival of mankind, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't make any sense. No, never have we had a vaccine that was developed this quickly that was deemed safe. And as I I think I mentioned last time, the FDA has not approved any of the vaccines that we currently think, have on the market. I think they've actually have approved like one or two. Nope. But all of them are still under emergency um, approval. Well, we'll let the listener look at that information up. But, um, I mean, yeah, but, you know, I sure am glad that we have a vaccine for the swine flu. I mean, um, the Spanish flu. I mean, um, <laughs> you can keep going, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... I mean, as far as bioethics goes, is there anything else you want to add? We can talk about some more lighthearted stuff afterwards. I don't think there's anything else I can add. I feel like we, we got through everything that needed to be discussed about All right, that. good. So let's go into light, some more lighthearted stuff. Sure. Hey, uh, Greg, have you have you seen the new Coming to America movie? No. So, well, why, ha- why haven't you seen it? I haven't seen it because, to me, this is the epitome of what Hollywood has become, mm-hmm. which is... We don't want to make something new. We just want to reinvent something that has been very successful. And so it is because of that. And a number of things that I've seen just the big companies in Hollywood, such as Disney, have been doing at a corporate level mm-hmm. that have stopped me from watching a number of movies. Um, it's why I canceled my Netflix subscription. It's why I never got on board with the Disney Plus thing. Yeah, I've and, been watching a lot of older stuff you know, as well. But I, I'm just sick and tired of... The company taking an old, uh, an old movie or an old show, and saying, you know, if we change something about it or reinvent it in some way, it is guaranteed to make money. And realistically, I want to see movies that are different, that are new, that have just in general better plots. Well, I mean, in a philosophical uh, sense, we can we can I can bring up the point that really there are only three overarching plots. It's man versus self, man versus man, and man versus environment. Yeah, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> I, I want to see new ways of doing it or just different ways of doing it that are not a reinvention of the same exact idea. 
So you you have seen the first coming to America movie, right? Yes, I saw it years ago. Right. I would not be able to tell you much more other than Eddie Murphy was very funny. Okay, so now I watched Coming to America, um, and one thing that's going around uh, a lot now is that the, the new movie is just woke garbage. <laughs> that that's what's going on right now is that it's woke garbage. But I do have to point out some things. And I will go, you, you know how I like to go out on that, that limb, right? You know, that limb that's really thin and stretches out way far off in the distance where no one can see? Where eventually the limb collapses before it gets there? Or it would collapse, but, you know, we don't know yet because it's so far out there. But I like going out on that limb on occasion. because, And, and the reason why I say this is because I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. And now... Let's take. Let's talk about the first movie, right? The first movie. Uh, what was the whole point of the movie? What was the whole like message of the movie? What What would you say that was? I. If you remember it. I vaguely feel like the message was that you know. Um, Not far, that there necessarily needs to be a message, but you know. Well, it, to me, I think the idea was that someone could come from somewhere else, mm -hmm. go to America, and live off live the American dream. I could be wrong though. So, um, do you, so let, let's go over a synopsis of the first movie. So you have... I haven't seen it in a while, I'm telling you. Okay, so you have Prince Akeem played by um, Eddie Murphy. Oh, yes, yes. I'm thinking of a different movie right now. <laughs> oh, okay. That, so Prince Akeem played by Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall plays his, uh, what would you call it? The, um, I don't know, his, his personal servant, I guess you would say. I, I can't, I'm blanking on the word right now. So they go to America because Eddie Murphy is fed up with the whole idea of the society that he lives in because he's a prince, and because he's a prince, he's expected to do certain things, and he's expected to marry a certain woman, and this woman that he's presented with is just supposed to just listen to him all the time because he's going to be king one day. And he, and he basically says, no, I don't want that. Um, actually, I, I recorded a quote from the movie. Um, hold on, let's see. I'll put it on the shitty speakers, because why the hell not? Um, shitty speakers are always good. Let's see, here we go. So, I recorded this quote from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. What do you mean you can't load the file? Fuck you. Load it a different thing. Um, all right, well... Technical difficulties. Da, 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 da. All right. So, anyways, um, he said. Where's the wheel? The wheel. The wheel with the lines on it that shows the technical difficulties. <laughs> so, um, so Eddie, so Eddie Murphy and Arsenius Hall, they're having this sparring, and uh, Arsenius says that. Um, or Cindy Hall's character says that, you know, a woman needs only to have a nice, pretty face, a firm bottom, and needs to obey all of, you know, everything you say. And, and then Murphy's character says that a woman is not a dog. If you truly love your wife, you'll value her opinion, right? So that right. kind of sets the stage of what Prince Akeem is looking for. He's looking for somebody realistically to, uh, be, um, realistically is equal, right? Wouldn't you say that? If you remember the movie, like I say, it's been a long okay. time. Okay, so he's ba he's basically just looking for somebody that can that can challenge him, and he says this explicitly throughout the movie. So he goes to America to try and find somebody because in the country that he lives in, it's all this uh, it's a society dominated by the king, the 
the royalty and so forth. So that's, that's the first movie. So here's the second movie, and I'm going to go through the entire synopsis of the second movie. So, Spoilers. Why would you tell them that? I want to ruin it for them. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the time I was waiting in line to go see Gone Girl, and somebody just like was chatting and spoiled the end of it for me. But anyways, so here's, here's the entire syn the, the synopsis of coming to America. So Prince Akeem finds out through Mystical Juju that he has a son. <laughs> Mystical Juju. <laughs> and... And uh, the, uh, do you remember the scene where they're in the nightclub and Arsenio Club's in drag and, you know, as part of it, but they're, like, trying to meet all these women and so forth? Well, anyway, so they're in the nightclub, and they added on a little bit where Arsenio Hall's character uh, meets this woman because Arsenio Hall really, you know, his character really wants to get laid. So he meets this woman, gets them to go back to their apartment with them, and... Um, so Prince Akeem basically gets the equivalent of being roofied. Okay. So, and then it has sex, and the woman uh, has a son, and the son grows up, and you can see right off the bat that he's, he's basically like the father. Um, Is, no, I, it's because I haven't seen the movie. Does Eddie Murphy have a child that isn't acting? That isn't acting? Is inacting. That... Mm -hmm. I'm only oh, so in the movie, so as far as his royal family, he's got three daughters. Okay. Okay. So, and the, the oldest daughter is uh, preparing to take over the throne. You know, and there so are like, any of the actors that play these people related to Eddie Murphy himself? I have no fucking clue. Okay. okay. There we go. Moving so, on. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we got a Will Smith situation, but. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, he goes to America, finds his son, brings him back to the Zamunda, and his son now has to go through apparently these trials of being the prince so he's got one of them is he has to remember the or he has to learn the heritage the the other trial is that he has to get the whisker off of a lion <laughs> and then there's another trial which i can't remember but he's being taught how to walk like a prince and this that and the other thing but you know akeem's son he's not really interested in all that you know, he's sure he's interested in for for the whole idea initially, right? It was like, you know, who doesn't want to be a prince, you know, so forth. But he doesn't really seem overall interested in that, and he winds up falling for one of the servants. So, okay. late in the movie, they run off to America to get married, and so Talk forth. About the son. The son, yeah, the yeah. son and the servant. They want they run off to America. They're gonna get married, live in America, and so forth. Um, and and the the uh, meanwhile, like while this is all going on, the eldest daughter of mm. Prince Akeem, she's like uh, feeling, oh well, you know, I'm prepared to take over, but now all of a sudden I'm not because of this found this boy, blah blah blah. And there's reasons for finding you know, finding the son, which I won't get into. I'll I'll save that for you, which will get ruined early on the movie. But but the whole <laughs> idea is is that this guy gets dragged back from from America, goes to Zamunda, and has to do all these tests. Just to become prince, not the king, the prince. Not necessarily mean meaning he's going to take the crown one day, just to be in line for the crown. So, Greg, I gotta ask you, what does that sound like to you? Where you have to take all these tests just to be in line for something? Ridiculous test, by the way. I don't know. It's, it sounds. Hmm. I'm gonna think about this for a moment.
government. <laughs> government? I, I wasn't I, expecting that answer. I, I always say that because I always feel like I have to take five different tests between the time that I enter the DMV before I get to the actual counter. So that way I can get a driver's license renewal or a title r renewal or any bullshit in anything revolving around some sort of certificate that I need. I vitally need this certificate to prove that this car is my car or some other bullshit. You know what that, you know what that sounds like to me though? Dating. Doing all these, passing all these ridiculous standards just to be in line to date some person. Not actually date the person, not actually have sex with the person. You know, oh, you're, ta you're talking about like maybe the father is uh, testing the child, the uh, the teenager. No, no, no. Like I'm talking about like you know if you see if you look at like women's profiles, like you must be six foot tall or you must be this that and the other. <laughs> All these ridiculous standards and tests, not to date them, not to have sex with the women, but to be in line. Ah. Right. So now remember what started this this whole topic was that people that people were saying that coming to America was woke woke trash. So if you put it in that context, how exactly is that woke trash? I don't know. I don't I don't know either. You know what I think? I think there's a lot of people that are just, you know, anti woke cards out there that just like all the woke people are just saying, hmm, you know, we got to fit this to a narrative. And if the narrative ain't for us, it's against us. You know, it's the same thing. So. Well, I'll tell you what I thought was woke trash. What? Okay, this is not a recent movie. Sorry, love. No. Oh. But no, that was woke trash. That, that was pretty woke trash. <laughs> I, I thought Captain uh, Marvel was woke trash. Oh, yeah, definitely. Ca when I, uh, Captain Marvel was woke trash. Uh, people might hate me for saying this. Black Panther was woke trash. Black Panther was also propaganda. Yeah, it, it's the uh, CIA is the good guy. Terrible stuff, um, and the whole all of Captain Marvel's appearances in the final Avenger movie mm -hmm. Endgame was woke trash. Which I still haven't seen woke trash. <laughs> I so, still haven't seen with, with Captain Marvel. Um, they completely destroy the the character. If anybody knows anything about comics, they will understand. How bad of a character Captain Marvel was compared to the, the original Miss Marvel character mm -hmm. and the trials and tribulations that her character has gone under for the entire publishing history. Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, um, the storyline in the, the movie and her character mm -hmm. in the comic book is very similar, okay? Uh, except for the fact that she wasn't nearly that powerful in the comic books until after she became binary. Right. And oh. <laughs> I wouldn't have said she was that powerful as a character until she became binary. Uh, and for a period of time, she actually didn't even have her powers because Rogue had yeah, stolen her powers. her powers. And that's how and Rogue got all her powers. Yes. And Rogue is not nearly as powerful as Captain Marvel was per, uh, portrayed right. in her movie itself. So we're talking about all this character development that goes over decades of comic book uh, publishing history mm -hmm. to get to the point where you have now, instead of Ms. Marvel, now you have Captain Marvel. And then Ms. Yeah. Marvel is now some, in my opinion, woke trash clone, so that way they can rebrand the character name and publish it to yeah. get bring, bring people in. But the movie was awful. Um, <laughs> the the, 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 this, the best part it. of the entire movie was probably the cat. The cat. <laughs> Because the cat was not a cat. It was some sort of a monster tentacle demon of mm -hmm. sorts. 
that, uh, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, but that that was the the best part of the entire movie, in my opinion. So, the rest of it was awful. And then in Endgame, for those of you who haven't who haven't seen it, so Captain Marvel saves Tony Stark mm-hmm. from outer space. She just so happens to be flying by, and she sees their oh, ship here, here in the middle more. of nowhere, and. Uh, I think there was some sort of information that told her where to look exactly for the ship. Mm-hmm. And so she finds the ship, she brings Tony Stark back to Earth, and then that's the end of the entire movie for her. Until the very end of the movie, where the big battle with Thanos is coming is happening. Mm-hmm. And so she Thanos' ship is coming in, ha, huh, and it's shooting down on everybody, and it's like, ah oh, shit, how are we going to deal with that? As well as Thanos and his army. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel comes in, <laughs> dead. The entire ship just goes down, and Thanos is looking on and like, "What the fuck doesn't, just happened?" Doesn't Thanos one shot Captain Marvel in the movie? Uh, no, Captain Marvel is actually able to put um, up a fight and is oh. better than Thanos until Thanos gets the Power Stone, oh, in okay. which he uh, then is able to take on Captain Marvel. Okay. So it. it so so going back to coming to America sure. after, after hearing that synopsis. Would you say, you know, just based off the synopsis, would you say that that movie is woke trash? That, that I put out? That you put out? Yeah, the, the synopsis that I gave you. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. It sounds like they redid the first movie, possibly. Right, they redid the first movie. And what was the first movie all about? It was about, you know, getting away from this whole, like, hereditary, king is everything... And things changing, right? That, that, that's, a, that's a line that uh, Eddie Murphy actually says in the movie. Is the one thing about times is that things must change, right? So this guy, this guy is like, you know what? You know, by the end of the movie, he's like, you know what? I really don't want to be Prince. I found this girl I like, and I just want to go off and do my own thing. You know, that, that, you know that's MGTOW. So, you know. <laughs> interesting thing with, uh, with uh, all this uh, conversation about just bad sequels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever read the Harry Potter books? I read the first one. Okay, so I read all seven. Uh-huh. I thoroughly enjoyed all seven. I thought I thought that the seventh book was just a really good ending to the series, mm-hmm. with possibly exception of the the epilogue in the book itself, all right. uh, which was a little weird. But uh, beyond that, the entire series was excellent. And then I heard they put on this big play in London, and they were bringing it to America. And I wanted to see it. Never got the chance to. And eventually, they published a book. Called the Cursed Child, which was the name of the the movie, uh, the play, right? Which was just essentially, I thought it was going to be an actual book, right? But it was actually it's just the manuscript of what they were reading in the play, and all the uh, the stage uh, stuff that was happening in written form, right? So basically, a, a Tolkien appendix. Sure, it was even worse than I thought it was going to be. Because I was expecting something really, really good. So, it was a cash cow, basically? Yes. 100%. In fact, uh, Tolkien had almost... I'm sorry. Rowling. (laughs) You're getting me confused, man. Tolkien wrote uh, Harry Potter, everybody. (laughs) Uh, J.K. Rowling had very little, if anything, to do with the actual script writing itself. Other than possibly maybe a direction of where they wanted it to go. But it was it was crazy. It was terrible, um, and I regret spending the money on it. So, but once again, going back to coming to America, from my perspective, right, the whole like anti wokeness, uh, anti woke saying this this movie is woke trash. That seems to me like all these people 
are basically just the same thing that they rail on about. It's it's just, you know, oh, hey, we, we need to make sure that if something, you know, capitulates to our narrative or goes against it, you know, just like all the woke uh, social injustice bars, and I say social injustice bars because there's nothing justice and there's nothing warrior about them, but, uh, you know, it, they're the same fucking thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's no fucking different, just picking a different banner. So, well, you know, they project onto, them, onto others what they see in themselves. Yeah, and it just, it, it really, at that point, I'm just like, man, I, I really can't fucking stand humanity and I can't wait to see it all on a fucking cinder. I mean, and you can go so far as, as to ask the question of, okay, well, what, what was the intent of the movie? Was it meant to be woke? woke trash or was it meant to be something different but you know <clears throat> you know the interesting thing about searching for intent is that if you spend your if, if your focus on any situation is searching for the intent that created that situation you are 20 steps behind the person that is looking at that situation and saying hmm what can i get out of this situation hmm See, I, I hear coming to America, and uh, the first thing I think is, wow, just another cash grab. I mean, I, I'll be honest, you know, like, for, for, yeah, this is our second episode, you guys don't know me, I'm easily entertained. So am I, but... I, I you know, I'm, I'm a pretty stupid guy, I like the simple things, um, Greg gets frustrated by that in gaming, um, in board gaming, in which he can attest to. Yes. <laughs> I, I hate... Not to say hate, but I thoroughly dislike games where there is no thought process as in, as to why I am using this mechanic in the game. So beyond that, you know, I, I'm I'm a fairly easily entertained guy, but even still, you know, I have my limits as well, and I have to say the movie made me laugh. I mean, the callbacks. Because it was kind of a mixed bag of callbacks. I got, I got, I got a mo another movie I want to talk about. Okay. But uh, it, it, was, it was a mixed bag of callbacks because some of the things were things that you would expect and some of the things were things you would not expect. And I uh, will once again go into that spoiler territory and say that Sexual Chocolate was actually a good singer in the second movie. Where compared to the first one, he was like complete trash. Is that the guy that did Chocolate Rain? No, no, no. <laughs> You remember the part, no. like, in the first movie after the priest, he's like, you gotta praise the Lord, and gotta get a hallelujah, and an amen, and that would be, we got a band, sexual chocolate, a lovely boy. Oh my God. But I gotta rewatch this. In the second movie, the, the, they were actually, he was actually a good singer, and again, it was played by Eddie Murphy. But, yeah, I mean, the movie made me laugh. I mean, for at the very least, for just a movie to watch, it made me laugh. Um, and that's my review of it. But as far as it being woke trash, I'm going to ex disagree with all those anti-woke tards out there. Um, because if you, if you think that the movie was woke trash, then you've... I'm going to say that you've never seen the first movie, or a hypocrite, or a liar. Because that, that was really the... It was really the natural progression if you paid attention to the first movie. Realistically, I would say that they were fed that opinion by someone else. Mm, right, because we all got to adopt our banners. Absolutely. So, another awful movie. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if your movie you would consider awful. But, Everything another awful. movie I, I just recently saw, and I heard about this. Uh, I think I heard about it mentioned on 
Tim Pool's uh, IRL, his podcast that he mm-hmm. does every night. And they had mentioned the fact that there was a uh, sequel to Groundhog Day or oh, something of I that heard, nature. I think I heard about and that. And I was like, that movie doesn't need a sequel. That was my first thought. If and you want, if, wait, if you want to watch... Or a remake. I didn't think it needed a remake. If you want to watch a sequel to Groundhog Day, you just got to watch Groundhog Day over again. There we go. There we go. Great movie. Uh, Bill Murray, wonderful. Wonderful acting. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite movies mm-hmm. from my youth is Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. So, I'm at uh, my buddy's house over in uh, that northern portion of Jersey. You know who I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And uh, we're, uh, we just finished opening up uh, a couple boxes of Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. he's like, I'm going to turn out a movie. And I'm like, okay. And uh, it says boss level. And I'm like, well, what is this? This sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Boss level. And as soon as the movie gets... A minute into it, I realized this is the movie they were talking about on the podcast that is supposed to be the remake of Groundhog Day. Oh, God. And so, Boss Level is presented to you as if it's supposed to be a video game. And in my friend's opinion, it basically had the narrative of a video game because the guy, the main character, had to keep on beating a level so he could advance to the next level. So That's gra- not how I saw it. So, 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 Grand- Groundhog Day was uh, a roguelike in movie form. <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly one way to put it. So, so, boss level is um, I don't know who the guy who plays the main character, but he's this badass looking guy. Mm-hmm. He's got the the muscles. He's got the outfit. He's got the demeanor. That tells you he's a badass. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so, he wakes up in a bed right after a sword goes above his head that he rolls out of the way of. And he's like, this is the 144th time that I've woken up to the same exact situation. And he does that thing where, uh, if you ever saw the Sherlock Holmes movie with um, Robert Downey Jr., he's like, and now he's going to do a left, and now he's going to do a right. And now he's... So, you're, you're hearing it in, in the guy's mind, because he's not speaking this out loud. Right. Okay. Swing to the left, punch up right, get the coffee, smash coffee in the face, and... Which it, is basically how I operate through my uh, every morning. <laughs> right, he's got this whole entire process of how he's supposed to go through the day down. So right. that way he can get a sip of coffee in mm-hmm. while doing this, and then the helicopter comes in and starts shooting, and he tosses the body of the guy who's still alive into the gunfire, and they immediately assume that it's him, and so they kill him instead. Um... And somehow he destroys the helicopter and then escapes out the back window. And so this goes on and on and on a number of times. And eventually you see these uh, these assassins that he somehow figures out how to get rid of all of them to get past. So so it's kind of like that movie, what was it, Day After Tomorrow, which was renamed to Live, Die, Repeat? Yes, except that was a much better movie because it was based off of an epic manga to begin with. And as much as I think uh, Tom Cruise's character is unlikable in person he is a fantastic <laughs> actor yeah he does a great job in almost any movie i've ever seen him from mission impossible to tropic thunder wait so, tropic thunder oh yes he was the big producer oh yeah, 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 yeah that's right that's right <laughs> so uh he does a great job in all of, of his course movies. my mind went to top gun but you know that's another great movie of his one of classic. the greatest propaganda movies of all time classic classic movie <laughs> So, which, by the way, got another sequel that... Oh, God! 
It got a sequel, Top Gun 2, and it, did we really need Top Gun 2? No. So that goes back to the fact that Hollywood just is making trash for trash's sake mm -hmm. because money. But um, so again, the movie gets to the point where he's done everything that he thinks he needs to do to save the day. Mm -hmm. But then the movie twists it on our on your on your head and makes you say, "Oh shit, he didn't do this." And then he has to yeah. kill himself so that way he can wake up again and do the whole entire thing over again. You see, kids, that is a life lesson. It's always the little details that kill you. That is true. That is very true. <laughs> little details, they'll get you every time. When you uh, forget about the skateboard that's there on the <laughs> steps, and then you fall down and break your neck. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I, this movie had a very, um, a couple really funny points. Mm -hmm. Like, five seconds of hilarity, and that was it. And then the rest of the movie was pretty blah. It was um, very boring in my my mind otherwise. And the worst part about it is that it had a Lord of the Rings syndrome. Which is, it ends the movie. And then it ends the movie again. And then it ends the movie again. And then it ends the movie again. Did one of them, was one of the endings uh, Samwise bricking in Frodo, Frodo's mouth? No, no, no. You have to, uh, you have to watch Lord of the Rings Triple that's, that's, X to get to that one. That's the uh, Kevin Smith cut. <laughs> oh, maybe, possibly. So my my overall thoughts of the movie was like, really? I could have done without seeing this. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't I, subvert my expectations enough to really feel. Like it was a new idea. Because I'd already seen the idea mm -hmm. implemented better in uh, the uh, the Tom Cruise movie. I mean, talking aside, you know, what does it say about a movie that has more than one ending? Ooh. I mean, even talking, I mean, the, the Lord of the Rings movies ended, ended with those multiple endings. But realistically, that wasn't the real ending if you read the book. I mean, they still had to go free the Shire. Oh, absolutely. I, I love the, um... And I know this without having read the book. You see, they're still you, over there in the shrink rack. Did you ever listen to the radio uh, play of the show? No. Of the I, movie, rather? Or read the book, I should say. I listened to the radio play of War of the, War of the Worlds, but, yeah. So, uh, that, was, uh, that was my introduction to Lord of the Rings, was, um, my parents got the 13 cassettes of the Lord of the Rings on tape for us for the car rides it was a great way to stop me and my brother from killing each other in the car rides <laughs> and saying are we there yet are we there yet are we there yet Shut although the, fuck the game up, boy kids! game boy did a great job oh, yeah. of doing that too wait now was this the original game boy that ate all the batteries or was it later on with like the advanced and all of them all of them <laughs> so funny thing about the original game boy so i had batteries explode in the game boy but Wait, just regular batteries exploded in the Game Boy? Well, yeah, the original Game Boy had four batteries, mm -hmm. and the batteries must have been uh, expired or something, and eventually they exploded, and it stopped my Game Boy from working. But, if, not, if, if anything, I will tell you this, the one thing I love about Nintendo products is they are un- Destroyable. Well, older Nintendo products. I'm not so sure. Well, about yeah, the newer stuff. I don't have the Switch. I never got a Switch, but I had I got the Wii U and everything back, and Nintendo. You know, from that point going back in time, they built tanks in your hand. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I I'll tell you because, and the, the reason I know this is because we sent it off. The best part about it is we sent it off to Nintendo mm -hmm. to fix. They sent it back. Boom, worked new as if it never been broken. 
the other time I knew that Game Boy products were built to, to last, Nintendo products in general, is when I was babysitting my brother and he chucked the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color at me. Because <laughs> I upset him. And uh, you could still turn it on and still use it. I had a friend that he threw, I think it was a Super Nintendo. He threw his Super Nintendo out the window and the case for the Super Nintendo and the, and the cartridge both busted. He brought it back in, plugged it all in, and it still worked. The, now, have you ever been to the Nintendo Center in New York? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you saw the uh, the Game Boy that survived the uh, the blast in Vietnam? Yeah. <laughs> now, I've always questioned the narrative about it. Mm -hmm. Did they recover a working Game Boy? Yeah. Or did they recover a case of a, a Game, Game Boy, Boy yeah. and replace the parts? Right. Because it's very easy to just replace the parts and mm -hmm. show that it works. Right. But regardless, it's a great story in the store. That you can get people to believe very easily. Yeah, that's like the uh, you know the old um, you know sideshows. Oh, bearded lady and all that shit. Yes. Well, I I feel like that's a, a good episode. Mm -hmm. And I I think next week we'll we'll have an excellent or even well, later this week. Uh, yeah. We'll have a great discussion. Yeah. What do you want to talk about on our next episode? Board games. Board games. Okay, we'll be talking about board games on our next episode. Should we stay stick to the same? Uh, you know, the goodbye line. So, oh, so let's let's do this too. You know, because you know, I, now how misanthropic are you? Would you say you're you're misanthropic in any sense, or you just don't like people in any sense? Define misanthropic so I can give you an well, you accurate just don't answer. Like, you don't like people. You don't like humanity in general. Misanthropic generally means you don't like humanity in general. Like don't I don't like like, humanity like I don't I don't like humanity in general. And the fact that I'm a human being is also something that I find problematic because that is such a great word to piss people off with. Yes. <laughs> uh, you have the makings for a great villain who wants to take over the world. Oh, see that's see that and that is one thing you know like I've said at the begin the beginning of this episode that I really want to practice belligerent misanthropy, which I know I didn't do enough in this episode. <laughs> so let me just say fuck you all, fuck you all really hard, um, and. And I will go so far as to say that I hope you all downvote this because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> downvote this and share it with all your friends so that they can come and downvote it as well because fuck you all once more. Look, as long as we have a ratio that's positive in one direction, whether it's <laughs> negative, positive, or positive, positive, I'm sure it'll make headlines. That is a great mathematical observation which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point because you know how I am about math and science and everything. Fuck you, Greg. <laughs> um, so yeah, make sure you know. Besides, that's the other thing too. You know, and that and that could be our discussion for well, along with board games, that could be another discussion for our next episode. Is okay. the whole idea of you know up versus upvoting versus downvoting and that whole like linear perspective. Absolutely. I'm, um, I would love to discuss that in the next episode. So, so yeah, downvote this. <laughs> Share it with all your friends so they can downvote this as well. It's just like uh, is that one band that they say, um, 
Oh, what the uh, John John the Fisherman? Who does John the Fisherman? That's uh, I, I don't, I'm not aware. There's a there's a fr- there's a phrase. It's like uh, this band sucks. You you put the name of the band. Oh yeah, like uh, you know I, I know a band uh, Came at the M does that as well. Like they have they have actually have a song called Came at the M sucks. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> so that da- so yeah, download this, <laughs> share it with your friends so that they can come and download it because realistically all the algorithms care about it, interaction. But absolutely. So yeah, share it with all your friends so they can download. To and make sure when you share it with your friends, you say, "Hey, look at these fucking assholes over here." <laughs> but until the next episode, let me see. Let me get it ready. Oh yeah, until the next episode, go back to sleep, fuckers.